0: Put him on his back, Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the in goal almost, Hodgson cuts it off, Hodgson taken by Norton, he took him late, Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away, Marshall's still going, Marshall's got Richards coming up outside, now inside, Richards pursued. Sure, do like pumpkins carton. It's uh Tuesday, the 9th of May, 2023. I told Toby I'd open with that line. If you can name it, you should be able to. God, classic. In fact, here's a clue for you. Um they're making a sequel. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Toby's not going to guess because he'll probably probably nail it if you if you recognize it. Comment on the um on the YouTube channel or on Facebook. Tiger Town Podcast, welcome back. Zach dribbling as always. Going on with a whole lot of nonsense. Must be two wins on the trot. I think I've partially lost my mind. Toby's on the other other end of the line. How are you this evening, my bald friend? <laughs> I'm not as confused as you are, but happy. Oh, I ain't, I ain't confused, brother. I ain't confused. It's two wins on the trot. Do you know that? Do you know that movie that I'm talking about? Don't say. I do. I do. Yeah. Good. So you should. So should everybody. Everyone should. Uh, um, everyone
1: should throw a spanner.
0: That's what they should do. Everybody in this zennial generation on the cusp, too young for Gen X, don't call me a millennial. You're the same. We're in that cusp. We're cuspy. We're cuspy <laughs> folk. Everybody who's cuspy should know a line from that movie. Basically. Golden
1: Age. Golden, Golden Age for age. one-line films. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, what was that, like early 2000s, maybe 03, 04? Something like,
1: like that. that. It was around the same time as like Anchorman and Step Brothers bench, and stuff like that, Bench so. warmers and all those sort of, yeah. Yeah. Where it was like... Uh, Napoleon the Dynamite. dynamite. Yeah. That
0: was, was a like simultaneous sip. At the sip. Same time. Yeah.
1: That yeah. was like, no one's talking. We're just both sipping water.
0: Simultaneous sip. Simultaneous. Um, yeah. So we've officially lost our mind. We're going to be checked into a clinic, I think, uh, pretty shortly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, apologies for the tardy start. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tiger Town Podcast. Thanks for uh, the feedback last week. There was quite a few people. Focus check. Apologies. And yep, there's my fingernails. Uh, Quite a few people actually sent a DM. When I say quite a few, it was in the high single digits. So thanks for that, saying that uh, they're glad the show was back and wishing us well after um, we obviously missed the show uh, because we were crooked a couple of weeks ago and we did some good numbers. So we are very happy to be back, mate. um, Have a good weekend. What's going on in your world? Give us the cliff notes very quickly.
1: Oh, mate, same old, same old. Just got family. Um, Learning to be a dad. Of two little girls, so that's uh, that's always fun. But um, I think the big uh, oh no, I played golf on Friday, so that was good. But the big one was uh, I was live at the game on Sunday. I was there with a dragon supporter, so one of us was going to be upset, and wasn't I? Wasn't me. So I dare say, at certain moments throughout the game, though you you both would have had your moments, eh? Oh mate, I um, I think I said it in the chat that last thirty seconds. I think I shit myself. Oh, I was good. I was sitting there on the edge of my seat watching it go, how is this gonna happen? How is this gonna happen? How have they pulled a rabbit out of the hat? And somehow we uh we stuck solid and made great cover defense, but watching that game live when the dragons were coming down for that try to get that last try, um, they bombed that like there is no tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good. And so they should. Yeah, exactly. They've had um, the last 10 years. It's fine. Yeah.
0: We were due a little bit of luck because we certainly didn't get it throughout the game. And not that that was luck, they just made a poor choice. But how many times have we seen us or ourselves bomb one? We bombed just about a certain try in the first half, as it was anyway. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Taliao going for the corner just had to pop the tupo. Instead, he ran towards the corner post himself and got tackled by Sully. He did that twice. I think we're going to get to talking about Taliyah because I've got a couple of notes on him, I think. But um, Okay.
1: Especially
0: heading into this week. Uh But, yeah, oh, we just got one back. Look, that game, I'm, I'm sure we'll jump into it shortly. But um in my opinion, Dragons were very, very lucky to be that close to us, to be perfectly honest. I think we played reasonably well. And I think that there was a number of chances where the bounce of the ball just uh, allowed them to stay close and stay in it. So let's just put it that way. What did you make of the game overall? You obviously there. You experienced the atmosphere. Let's actually. What did you think of uh, Magic Round? You you were there. Did you stick around for any other games, or did you just watch that game?
1: No, I watched that game. I stuck around for the Roosters Cowboys game, but wasn't too fast on the on Parramatta uh, Titans. But yeah, it was. Um, it's the third or fourth time I've been to Magic Round, and I love the concept. I think it's amazing. Like. Um, obviously, get really invested in the Tigers playing, but you know you have a, a little bit of a flutter just to keep the other games interesting. But what it does do is it allows you just to watch football and not be invested and not have your heart on your sleeve, so you can watch it. So I was watching the Cowboys Roosters game and being very very happy while also being rather upset. So it was simultaneous. Like I was uh, happily upset. Um. Because I hate the Roosters, because they just buy players and buy premierships. But at the same time, we had the opportunity to jump off the bottom of the ladder. So, yeah. But it was it was, it was it's a great atmosphere. My my old man was the Dragon supporter that I took along with me, um, and he loved it. He had a great time, and he's like, you know, he said he to me he hasn't seen a, a live rugby league or live NRL game since. I think he said ninety-seven was the last time he saw a. Oh, Real an game. And, so, and this
0: is this isn't a bloke on the periphery um, of the sport. He's he's been pretty
1: hands-on for a number of years. Yeah, he played um, reserve grade for Main back in the eighties. He was, uh, I think, he was second in line behind Benny Elias. So he's definitely done his. You don't, look, you don't you don't want to be in line behind Benny Elias. You don't know
0: what he's dropping behind him.
1: That's true. But, um, That's true.
0: Yeah, but even even post football, your old man stayed in the game for quite a number of years. He did quite a lot of trainer work and um, and strap for years, and he's been still around the game a lot. So still does. Yeah, good. Good. So, idea. Good opportunity to um to spend a bit of time, and obviously the the Tigers win just made it all the better, right?
1: Eh? Yeah, just made it. You know, he's <laughs> my my old man doesn't swear that much. He's uh he's old school in that way, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, bullshit. Definitely got a bit of expletives out of him, which was great. Same on the golf course on Friday. Got a bit of expletives out of him, but Did did you beat him? Did you beat him on the course? No. He schooled me like there's no tomorrow. Nah. He schooled me. But Yeah. Not overly surprised there. Nah, me neither. No, nah, me can neither. Can swing it can swing your club. Can. You can. Um but yeah, like I I missed out last year on Magic Round. And then obviously we didn't have Magic Round the year before the no. I bet I went to 2021, but uh 2020 obviously, no, unable to because of COVID. And maybe even 2021 couldn't. I can't remember anymore. No, no, we're all based in Queensland, weren't we? Something like that. Yeah. Whatever it yeah. was. Um and yeah, I don't, I don't want to miss it again. That was it's just such a good atmosphere. It was amazing, like just how many people got involved and, you know, all the, like, we were like on the second level, but we were undercover, which was good for the Roosters-Cowboys game because it hailed during the mid game, but we didn't get affected at all. But, um, you know, all the flags were waving and, you know, Tigers chants were going. You can hear them all over the stadium. But the best part about the whole day bar the Tigers winning was when we were watching the Dragons-Roosters, I mean, the Cowboys-Roosters game, there was a bunch of, you know, they looked like footy boys just haven't enjoying themselves and just larrikins. It was just hilarious. So that that atmosphere I love. So but yeah, it was um you know, it's the game itself, I can probably sum up in one word, and I I'm gonna say disappointed. I was getting oh, probably more frustrated. Not so much disappointed probably more frustrated because um, watching that live and being able to see, like, obviously it's a different perspective when you've got bird's eye view, but watching how we were lined up and where the holes and the gaps were, we should have been up by 20 at halftime. They made, like, Brooks made the wrong choice again, but it wasn't a choice that was costing us games. So that's something to improve on that's been proved. But again, it was the wrong choice. What um, choice are you talking about? Quite a few choices. Wrong pass. Uh going the flat runner instead of out the back when we had the overlap. Um okay. But this is not all have you look, this is all yeah, have you look, um have you it's always
0: it's always interesting watching games live versus um on TV, isn't it? You tend to notice more of some things and less of other things. Have you watched your game back on TV yet?
1: No, nah, just the highlights. This is just what I hard saw hard. from a bird's yeah. eye view. So what you don't see on TV, and especially with the the view we had, we had the, we were behind the Tigers oh, behind the Dragons try line in the first half. So we were watching all the, the times that they were attacking the line in that first half. And all I could see is how many holes there were and how many people were running at those holes and he was taking the wrong choice. Now, in saying that, but I also saw a lot of the times where the, they weren't running the right lines for him and he had to make a decision. And so his decision was to play it safe, take the ball himself. And I did appreciate that. So this isn't my typical rant on Brooks and shitting on him. Like I have been in the past. I just, he has improved from what we were first seen in the first few rounds, but I still think he's got ways to go to be, to justify re-signing with us, to be honest. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Um, I didn't see a lot of what you're talking about, but obviously it's different perspectives when you're there live. And if you're honing in particularly and you're you're looking at individual players, you can look at a lot of the stuff they do off the ball too, and you can sort of see how those dynamics are building up outside of wherever the camera happens to be on on the ball runner. Yeah. Um so yeah, it does give that alternate perspective. So that would have been good for you to sort of see that. Um I've re-watched the first 50 minutes. I tried to do it this evening after I put the young fella to bed. Um, as I tend to do, try to do a rewatch just leading into the pod. And um I was relatively pleased with the half options. Um My big takeaway from the game was wow. that we still make too many really dumb mistakes, just, just needlessly dumb, dumb, dumb mistakes. Uh, AJ Kapowa was a victim of a, or not a victim perpetrator of a couple of them. Yep. Brandon Wakens, um,
1: Oh, massive momentum
0: now. killing yeah that's yep. just it's criminal um but i don't want to crucify both of those players particularly um because i think that i think Wakem actually did some really good things and then a couple of things that won't i, I like what Wakem's doing at the moment uh, i'm not under any illusions that the Wakem brooks hearts combination of world beaters or they're going to take us to the promised land or anything like that but in terms of sticking to what looks like the game plan, keeping things relatively simple, their execution lately in the last three, four matches ever since probably the Parramatta game or parts of the Parramatta game have been mucho improver. Obviously Wakem wasn't there, but into the manly game he was. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm liking what they're doing around there, but there's just it. The last few weeks, it's been dumb mistakes relating to penalties. Uh, and on the weekend, it was a little bit of a mix of both. Um, you know, Kapoa sticking his leg out, um, there was a late tackle as well. That was on the weekend. Is that right? Am I thinking of
1: the Kapoah, Am I thinking of the took before? the took the kicker out? Yeah, was it uh, Sullivan? Yep. Yeah. And then Sullivan scored yeah. off the next. Um, yeah, the next,
0: uh, They also they also scored off when we failed to find touch.
1: Yeah, as Again. well.
0: Those key make key these moments and can't,
1: and can't back yeah. them
0: up. Yeah, really key moments. Um, what they did a little bit better is they continued with the same uh, pressure down in the end. Um, and didn't give us away as many set restarts or penalties for piggybacks out, which I thought was good. That was an improvement. So the discipline in that regard was an improvement, but just individual efforts. Uh, not individual sorry, I shouldn't say efforts. The effort was was really, really good. Um individual moments where we're just making costly mistakes and the opposition are really pouncing on them and making the most of their opportunity. So That was my takeaway. Uh, Overall, I was really happy with how they're playing. I think they're doing the exact thing that we've been talking about the last month, which is starting to play to their strengths. I reckon it was never more evident than on the weekend. And as far as I'm concerned, I think the game plan was simply just open them up, up the middle, use our four big boys or five big boys. If you throw Polo in there as well uh, and play off the back of that and, they just did that to a T, in my opinion. It wasn't the perfect performance. We didn't execute in all all of our opportunities. In my opinion, we probably should have had about five tries. So it should have been, you know, 30 to 16, 30 to 12, or something like that. Um, but you can't always execute on everything. And so that um led it to be the nail biter that was. But I think overall we played relatively well. We controlled the ball relatively well. Uh the kicking game of Brooks and Wakeham is isn't too bad. Um the, look, like the last tackle plays is clearly a ploy. so they are obviously very um, what's the, what's the correct word? they'
1: they'
0: they're very reluctant to um, put too many kicks into the end goal, as in they really don't want to give away second seven tackle sets. So which in a way is kind of a piggyback out of the end. so clearly that's bit of a focus um, as they fix up that with penalties too on the weekend. And so they would often throw short balls uh to the center as a crash play on the last play, which didn't work time uh several times. Um, you know, and in the last few weeks again, Brooks has been caught on the last, almost seems somewhat deliberately, within five meters of the line, and then backing their defense to keep the the opposition down there. I would just like to see them roll the dice a little bit more. I think that. Anytime you're in the attacking red zone, you need to be able to at least create doubt in the opposition, at least create some sort of opportunity. And kicks are going to do that. Look, our kicking game, generally speaking, on the weekend, I thought was pretty good. The Dragons themselves um, scored off a kick. And so I think that, you know, uh, well, we nearly scored. They fumbled a couple, actually. Um, You know, Wacom nearly got one in the first half and then, uh Appy nearly got one at the back end of the first half. Again, both of fumbly kicks. And I think if just those times, let's say that they kill the ball five times on five sets over the course of a match, which is probably on par with what they're doing. And it's clearly a deliberate ploy to make the Dragons or whoever the opposition is coming out of there. And if those five opportunities are hard grubbers that they punch half cross field, they they whack it at the post. So they put one of those medium lob balls that hits around the 5 8 mark rather than the winger. At least it creates an opportunity. And if one of those comes off every two games, that's an extra try once every two games.
1: Yeah. The the, the issue is, but, and this is something that I was very evident of, or I found very, like I was you know, watching it quite closely, was we weren't contesting at all. And it was frustrating me. Chupo. And this is saying something, because I think Tupos has been one of their best. This that was probably one of his worst performances for us, but he still played well. That's the thing. He's it seems that his best and his worst actually aren't that well so far, aren't that like too far apart. He doesn't he has really good games and he has okay games. And that was just an okay game. Like he ran scored a try, scored a very tough try, just barged his way over. Um. Again, Tommy Taylor is not a centre. I'm sorry. Um. I'll we could go back to that later. He's um, a slow second rower. Yep yeah. Um. And yeah, like, but he just and he ran for I think 130 meters, had about six tackle breaks, but three of those were probably scoring that try. But um, he wasn't contesting any of the kicks, and Brooks was doing his traditional end over end, which was boring and. I just want to see something else from it, but uh, we'll, we'll hopefully it's been, what, 10 years and he still hasn't developed the kicking game other than end over end. That's a bit frustrating, but he he did place them quite well, um, but tupo just wasn't contesting them, wasn't trying to get in front of them. So, yeah, if we get those kicks in, in goal and or we get those kicks right um, 10 metres out, then we're going to have to, like, they have to contest them. And they just, from what I saw on the weekend, they weren't contesting really any kicks. The only one that was contested was when, um, uh, Todd knocked it back to, I wasn't, Nofford knocked it not for Dr. back to Todd. And he went over and scored our first try. So,
0: yeah. Um, a lot of those kicks that they tend to put in around the 50 or the opposition's 40 in their zone, I think more often than not, they're not set up to, to contest, um, mainly because of the position of the kicker. See, depending on how the set rolls out, if there's going to be pressure on the kicker, the kicker has to be deep, which means most of the chase needs to be in front of them. And it's quite hard, particularly if the defender makes any contact with the kicker, for the kicker to race through and put everybody on side, which means therefore that all those chases need to stay back 10 metres. It's... And and that's the difficult thing, I guess. Occasionally, you'll get somebody hang back and and become a shooter and really try to shoot through. But even from that forty meters out, it's uh, it's quite a difficult uh, situation. I don't I don't discount what you're saying. I think it's a it's a good thing, and I think it's something they should be trying to work in a little bit more because, like we were saying before, any opportunity um is an opportunity, and it's a roll of the dice. Even if it's a five percent shot, you know that means one out of every twenty times, one out of every twenty. Uh, high kicks or a bomb, we score a try, you know? So um, I I think that it's advantageous to make a contest out of almost every opportunity that you possibly can. So I agree with you. I just, I guess um, maybe a bit of insight as to why they do that a little bit more so rather than it's not laziness. It's not an approach. I think it's just, I think the game being what it is, it it can be difficult to execute that for that reason. That half always sits nice and deep. Um, the other side of the coin would be if they sat flatter, flatter and wider possibly, uh, and risked getting caught with the ball just to allow the the uh, the chasers to be able to hang behind them and then maybe push up for the kick. So, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I just think in that end zone in particular, um, I don't mind, generally speaking, if they uh 10 metres behind, well, they hang back 10 metres, sorry, they allow the the um, person taking the catch to be able to take the catch. And if they then muscle up in defense and they, they've been doing that actually really well. And they catch the person on the five, 10 meter mark provided that it is the right. um, The, the kick is in the right position, I should say. And then they have been muscling up quite well and their line speed, something they haven't had for what the best part of six to eight years is there in spades. It was there in spades on the weekend. It was really impressive again. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a uh, preliminary final Roosters, Melbourne Penrith degree, but it was good line speed. And they were they were keeping a decently solid uh, back five at bay. You know, they got Suli, the Ravalawa. You know, these they, they types of players, the um, Fene brothers are not small small dudes. Sloan is slippery. They, they were keeping them down there really well. So, um, yeah, the kick chase, we've spoken about kick chase a fair bit in the past. A bit of, I think, I've started to think about it a little bit, maybe it's a little bit more of a complex concept and simply staying on side and, and contesting everything. But, um, you know, in simplistic terms, what you say makes sense. And I agree. I think that we should be trying to make more ball contested if we can, because it's only going to yield opportunities, particularly as a, tie, a side that struggles to score.
1: Yeah. And that's like in saying that 18 points, I think is the most we've scored all year. So um, it's just, yeah, it's just frustrating to see how many opportunities we keep getting and just not getting over the line. It's just really frustrating. But like you said, it's been better. It's been better than it has been. And um, hopefully it's just, again, finding our feet. Um, maybe we, who knows, maybe we expected it to to click a lot more a lot quicker than it has and maybe it's starting to click. I'm I'm not sure.
0: I think it's a very, very slow burn. I think I've used that expression a few times in the last couple of weeks. And I think the fact that we've won the last couple of weeks is really good because it allows us to have a bit of hope. But I don't think we're actually, we've turned a corner or anything. I think we're just still on that slow incremental upward trend. I think we're playing better week on week, but it's only 5% better every week. Um, We're getting to a point where we're starting to understand our game plan and then whatever. Our strengths are and uh, i don't think we're taking all our chances i think we're still making a lot of silly mistakes i think we're still inviting the opposition down into
1: our territory and really oh we've lost him people we have lost his internet connection so I wait for him to come back but yeah um... i'm still here baby there you go yeah we lost you for a little bit there mate Yeah, I think we lost you again. Look, he's having internet issues. He's on the crap side of Brisbane. He's on the north side, crap internet over there. Uh, That's a ridiculous statement. Thank you very much. Well, you're the one having crap internet. I'm the one that's fine.
0: Hey, listen here. Last week it was you and I didn't say boo. So there we go. Anyway, let's see how we go. I've changed. um, I changed over to one of my other um, Wi-Fi extenders. Sorry, uh, what was it? What were we talking about?
1: Uh, how are we getting 5% better each week, but we're not taking our chances?
0: Yeah, just incremental improvements. And I think this team, uh, from the team that started the first three weeks against the opposition that we had a, a big chance to win some of those games, at least, all three, some people said. I think if we played the Titans, the Bulldogs and the Knights or Titans, Knights, Bulldogs consecutively in the next three weeks, we're every chance of winning all three. And... I think we're playing far better football than what we were at the start of the year. I just don't think it's revolutionary. I think we happen to get a couple of wins, and that's great. It's it's more than great. It was really needed. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't I don't think we are. Uh, I don't think we've turned a corner. I don't think we're infinitely better. I think we're incrementally better. And I think coming up against the Rabidos this weekend is going to give us a good reality check. And I hope that we rise to the occasion and we're five percent better again, and we make a contest out of it because let's be honest, they're the hottest team in the comp right now. Oh, God, they're on, they're on fire. God, they're,
1: they're on beaten,
0: fire. They've beaten everyone recently. You know, Penrith, they, Penrith, they got them in the tight one. You know, Brisbane, they pumped Brisbane. They, they flattened Melbourne. Um, who else they play? Somebody else too, I think, recently. But um, all the heavy hitters, they've, yeah. they've disposed of them all. So, yeah, it's quite the challenge coming up.
1: It is. It is. Um, but, hey, we said the same thing against Penrith, didn't we? So, yeah, we keep it simple. Um Yeah, we are like you said, we play to our strengths. Who knows what could come of it. So Yeah. I think we play our game and that's what they've got to start trusting
0: themselves is not horses for courses and not trying to adapt too much to the opposition. Um understand your own game, which I think they're starting to have said many times now, and and trusting trusting simple game plans around what your strengths are. Play to your strengths. There's no good playing to your weaknesses, it's no good re. Introducing new concepts, play your strengths and try to mitigate uh, the oppositions in the meantime. So, um, that brings me on to Tommy Talia. So, seems a bit strange to single out somebody who had a rather somewhat of an innocuous game, I guess, in a victory. Uh, but my concerns with him um, run pretty long and fast because well, they. I had every hope that he would come back this year um, and absolutely brain them in the centres. Now, it, it seems as though that he's signed for Manly for next year. So it seems as though he's just around the squad this year to help fill a hole. And we've obviously we're a little bit short in the centres at the moment with Naden out and Kapowa doing a little bit of the second row thing. Um, so he he's the man at the moment, it seems. But on the weekend, there was a couple of instances. You alluded to one before. He's always been a bit of a run-first centre and he's been – you know, early days he had ran decent lines. He ran that outside in line relatively well. He scored a few tries off it actually, and relatively strong ball carrier. But he's a big fella, and I get surprised how often he gets folded for somebody the size that he is. Uh, and he doesn't seem to run overly softly to me. But he just looks like somebody who um, he never seems to physically dominate his opposition, despite the fact he's a pretty big dude and he has had big raps for quite a while and. By all reports, was very successful in his younger younger years. But the the major thing that concerns me about Talia, um, other than the fact that he is poor at servicing his winger, is his defense. His defensive reads, uh, in my opinion, from what we've seen this year, on the same on the same track as what they've always been, which is really really poor. When him and Noffel were, were on the same side. Uh, when they played a few games together, I think it was the year before last, before he did his ACL, maybe in 2020 or 2021, uh, he had a bit of a run of games in the centres there. They were notoriously outside in and, and and poor and really bad with it. It wasn't the type of jamming defence that you would see a Souths do really well these days. When they jam, they jam hard. And if someone wants to go around on that, they're going to have to go quite deep or lopey and it allows their their cover to come back on the, on the outside and cover um, yeah. back underneath. But... Um. yeah, it's not so much Talal's one-on-one uh, tackling ability, in my opinion, it's it's his reads. And twice on the weekend I counted where he created space where there was none, where he just unnecessarily came in. And it, it was really poor. And it scares me heading into this – scares is a bit of an overstatement, <laughs> but it worries me heading into this week against a side who, for the last like, nearly 10 years, to be honest – have had the best edge um, in the competition and they've had different players in there. But something about South Sydney is that they do a second man play better than anyone. And they have for a long time. And if they're going to run anywhere near Tommy Talao, which if I'm Jason Demetrio, that's the only place I'm going. Yeah. They could score four or five tries down, down his side without even thinking about it. And it it really concerns me. And so far be it from us to only poke holes Talao's been picked. He's going to play in the centres. But if it wasn't Talao, given where we're at with our squad, would you put someone else there? What would you do?
1: If he wasn't suspended, I'd put Naden
0: there. Yeah, but he is. So has obviously been picked this week because of that. Um, But do we have any other options in your opinion? Do we have anybody else that can play in the centres?
1: I'd do a straight swap for Kapoa. I think is a better centre than Talao. And I think Talau could do a serviceable job at his second row replacement.
0: I think he could too, but I reckon you leave Talau out altogether because I would have Kapowa in the centres and I'd bring Blor in. Yeah, like I, is better, a better second row than Capoa. And even though Capoa showed good early season promise and is a better centre than Taliyah. So there's this weird infatuation
1: with Talau in the centres and I don't know what it is. Well, he, <laughs> Sheens has done that. Well, actually the Tigers have done that since day dot. Found a play that they just have this weird obsession with that they just keep picking and we just can't understand why. Really came to light when um they kept picking Kyle Lovett. We just couldn't understand why. Actually, it's probably even before that when they kept picking Matt Bell. Just we couldn't understand why. And then went to Kyle Lovett. Couldn't understand why. Went to Safe Earth. There was probably somebody in between Safe and and Lovett, but I can't remember who. It's just they just keep picking these players that we just can't fathom why, like we can't yeah. see value in them. And you know what? Picking on pick picking a squad based on merit alone gets old very quick. It's uh, yeah, if they perform, if they train hard, you know, if you train hard, you're gonna get picked. Yeah, you can train the hard. I, I trained hard, and I'm. Of C grade player, should I get
0: picked?
1: No, if you train, oh, most definitely I not.
0: No, most definitely not. Wouldn't pick you in a thousand years. Well, that's a bit. You'd nah, be first pick, mate. You yeah, have the C next to your name, eh? Yeah,
1: Captain I mean, Cage, don't, brother. Don't do that. Um, uh, yeah, I agree.
0: And uh, look, Tommy Talao is um, he's a strong young player, he's a good footballer. Um, he comes from, from great stock, obviously, with his father, Willie. Uh, he seems like a nice bloke, seems like a hard worker. He's had raps on him. He did really well in juniors, all this sort of stuff. So everything points to the fact that um, he could be a wonderful player. But unfortunately, that horrible injury he had um, set him back, obviously. But the problem with players that you hear about um, coming through the grades or even when they've been in grade for a while, when that word potential gets continually used for years on end, a la Brooks. Yep. To, to the nth degree, um, it it starts to actually become a bit of an eyebrow raiser because potential should be something that you hear spoken about prior to them playing. And even maybe in the early stages when they're starting to play or they're still finding their feet in grade or whatever the case may be, uh, that's when you can freely and openly use that word potential. But, um, yeah, it's he's one of those players, I think, that, hasn't kicked on. And whether it's the Tigers, it might be a Tigers thing. It might be a Tigers coaching thing. It might be the, the wrong environment. Maybe he'll kick on it manly. And, and in many ways, I hope he does. I don't have any ill will to tell. You. I just call it as I see it. And I think that he is not, um, I think there's better centre options at the moment, particularly given who we're playing this weekend. Look, I don't think even the, the greatest optimist could be hoping for three or hoping for, obviously, but expecting three wins in a row, considering who we're coming up against. But, yeah, look, it does. It just does concern me with his ability or inability at times to make the right read out there in the centers. We've spoken before. Um, I'm I'm a major proponent, almost the mayor of the town of center is the most important defensive position in in the side. And uh, you are not um, in, that, in that.
1: What's that? So you're not aligned on that comment?
0: No, exactly. It's a it's a common thing. I didn't invent it or anything, obviously, but I'm I definitely subscribe to it. And um, if somebody has deficiencies in their ability to read the game or make um educated decisions, split look le- split second decisions. You you've really got to be able to make them, but they could be really costly. And mistakes in center can lead to two or three tries. Two or three little mistakes can lead to that. Whereas in the middle you can be hidden a lot more, even on the wing to a certain degree. Um, if you make a mistake defensively on the wing, it's it's not, in my opinion, as as costly as what the center can be. So I got some concerns there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think they're valid concerns. I think um, we can see, like we've seen it time and time again, what happens when you put somebody in the centres that um, just doesn't, they just don't fit in that position. Whether it's their defensive reads, whether it's, um, you yeah, know, they're just, they're not running the right lines, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Um I think there's a lot
0: of variable there's a lot of variables in center. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I think center is one of those positions where uh, you can be a variety of different players, as in you can have a, a variety of different strengths and still play center quite well. And all you have gotta do is go through examples of, of the top centers in the game to see that in many ways they're all different types of players. Um but with that comes obviously if there's a number of strengths you can have in that position, there's obviously a number of weaknesses you can have, as you were saying, you know, your ability to read the game and make split second decisions could be a deficiency. Uh, You could be too weak. You could be too slow. Um, You could be too big. You could be too small. You know, all these things center seems to have um, issues around. And um, as much as you could pick, I guess, successful centers over, over over the time, or even just over the league currently, you could also pick a number of names in the last couple of years that we can think of that, haven't worked out there either at our club or others, you know, and Gildart's a perfect example. You know, um, Gildart's got a lot of strengths as a player and God, he played for Great Britain and he played for England, you know, he's international level center, but he came out here and, and he couldn't crack it. He couldn't crack it when he loaned to the Roosters. He hasn't been sighted at Redcliffe. You know, he was respectfully pretty awful at the Tigers yet he's quick and he's elusive and all this sort of stuff. He's too small. He's too small, and he and his reads were horrible. And it was just those couple of variables. If you you know, there's a lot of opportunities for you to to make mistakes or to have weaknesses in that center position. And um, that's why I think that the best centers center is a very hard position to to be solid at because you've got to be very well rounded as a footballer. I think, and um, you've got to be reasonable in attacking in an attacking mindset. You know, if you're just a plotter out there in the centers, um, you know, you're not a threat to anyone, and you sort of you can freeze your winger out of the game too, which can be a detriment to your side. Yeah. But obviously defense defense is the area that we're speaking about quite a bit. And um, yeah, you've, you've got to be good at a bit of everything, I think to to play center reasonably well, uh, depending on the side and the makeup, you might be able to hide it and, and hide your weaknesses. And I guess the best coaches will, will come up with plans to do that. But um, yeah, look, I guess, I guess we're sort of not we, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going down the, the center track a little bit and I, I I know that position pretty well because that's what I played for a number of years, and um, I don't know it's a, probably a weird thing to say. I'm passionate about that position, but I just I spend a lot of time watching centers of the game, and spend a lot of time, you know, studying different styles, and you know, you know, what went wrong in in this sweep, and you know, um, where are, where are certain teams falling apart in the three quarter line, this sort of stuff. I find it particularly interesting. So I'm just off on a bit of a rant there, but I'll pull up, and <laughs> um, and we'll we'll move on. Sure, sure. We'll
1: come back um,
0: Yes. Dureen Buller, a name on everybody's lips at the moment, three games in. Yep. Is there something he showed on the weekend different that you liked or is it more of the same? What are you seeing from him that you're liking at the moment?
1: I love his desperation. That's what I love. I think think we – I think last week we kind of agreed to the fact that he's definitely a fullback that we've been missing in terms of, you know – ball playing probably since Teddy left. I'm not saying he is Teddy. I'm not putting them in the same class just yet. But we haven't really had somebody that could essentially ball play at the back. And, you know, he's still got work to do, but definitely seen glimpses of that. But his desperation has been like he won the game for us at the end. He won the game for us by putting his body on the line, getting in front of them. You know, he... He's not afraid. And he's a big boy too. Like seeing him live, he's a lot bigger than I've gave him credit for. Uh, yeah,
0: he's a couple of centimetres shy of me. He's hundred I think 187 centimetres or something, um, yeah. which in, incidentally is pretty short for a basketballer. But um, yeah, he, yeah, he's not not a sport filler. Uh, he'll probably fill out a little. I reckon he could probably use another three or four kilos on his frame. But then yeah. again, you know, that's where his agility comes from. But uh, you made mention the try saving tackle and the desperation. He made two on Ravalawa. He made another one earlier in the game as well. And we all know um, his efforts on Cleary against Penrith last week. But important to note, whether I don't know how closely people watched that last play um, against the Dragons on the weekend, but Jareen tackled Ben Hunt. He then pushed across and was in front of Sully to force Sully to pass and made contact with Suli, then pushed off Sully and made the tackle on Ravalawa Ravala to push him into touch. And not only that, you know who else was there? that did all of those as well, that touched all three players in that play was Papa Lee. That's good.
1: I didn't notice that. Yeah. So I did notice that when Hunt put that kick through, he was, he definitely had done his work, his share of work in that game. And you can see that he was buggered, but he was still trying. Yeah. He found his way in the corner. He
0: was, he was there in the corner with Buller pushing Ravalauer into touch. So, that that, I, that was really pleasing for me to see because we know that Ice had a bit of a slow start to the year. A lot of our other recruits have actually really built in quite well and we've been pretty happy with them across the board, I think. But I think we made no secret of the fact that he started quite slow. But he's really hit his straps and that attitude-wise um, was really impressive for me. I know we started talking about Buller but got on to Papa Lee. But, um, oh yeah, I really liked that. But
1: Yeah, and I think that sort of attitude is very infectious you know, you, you you know what Clem is going to bring. You know, Clem is going to try to lift you up and be aggressive and get you to go. And I think that perfect example of who's benefiting the most from that is Steph. You watch mm. Steph play now, and Steph's getting a bit more aggressive. He's really running hard, and I think a lot of that has to do with Clem by his side. But the attitude, that desperation attitude, it's like like you know it. I know it when you play when somebody comes and does a play like that you feel obligated to at least try to do something similar to that every play or at least something like that. Like if you see somebody like Ice who has probably made 30-odd tackles, ran over 100 metres, you know, done this, done that, still pushing and still trying to do that, if you're not in the back of your mind going, oh, fuck, if he's doing that, I've got to do this too, you shouldn't be on the field because that... It it really has that... That way of
0: sort of pulling you along, doesn't it? As a as a player, when you see somebody um, put their body on the line like that and and show that sort of desperation, and uh, I think that that is becoming infectious within the side. We're starting to see more and more of it. We're starting to see more people in that side do it more regularly, which is really encouraging to see. Hundred percent. You mentioned Steph. I, I was going to ask you, did anybody else impress you on the weekend? I, for me, I was going to mention Steph, and he didn't have an absolutely barnstorming, blicking game. But what, what I did notice is that he was backbending the line again and on multiple runs, not just one off run in the second half, randomly at the 63rd minute. A lot of his runs were hard. Um, He was on the front foot. He was charging. He was really trying to split defenders. Um, And yeah, he, he really had his feathers, feathers up and his in his uh, tail cocked and he was going. So, that's when he plays his best footy. And I'm hoping, like you said, it's off the back of building some confidence under a bit of mentorship, maybe from Clemmer. But if we can slowly keep winding him up and we can get him back to pre-2022 injury, Steph, then we've got a hell of a player on our hands moving forward and hopefully for a
1: long time. Yeah, I think And another thing, I don't know if you noticed it, but that strength that we had and that you know the 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 fact that we were bending the line and we were at least steamrolling their middle which is fair to say that we were that definitely subsided a little bit when both Clemmer and Steph came back on but when they came up well, came off but when they came back on I noticed it almost immediately that we were punching through the line consistently one two, punches, did you know, one, two did,
0: yeah yeah, did you notice that um, when they came back on, twelve stayed on? So they actually had those three middles running through the centre. And uh, I think 12's actually been been better as well. Um, the one who I think has actually, he hasn't been playing bad, but he's probably been outshined by the other three, would be Joffa at the moment. 100%. Joffa's not playing badly. He's just not.
1: At the yeah, same level as those three.
0: He's not playing, yeah, to the same intensity as what those guys are. And Twoll in particular, he's found an extra gear and, I, if he keeps playing like this, keep him because his ability to run off Appy in particular on that front foot and get over that advantage line and get that extra three, four metres and get split defenders and find his front is, it's it's remarkable how often he's doing it in the last only two, three weeks, but it's, he's doing it now consistently for across all those games. See, and, and I mean, it, it yielded the sorry, it yielded the penalty of the the hip drop, but it's also leading to a lot of quick play. The balls off the back of it, and he's making big meters too. It's evident in his meterage in the last couple of weeks.
1: It's it's yeah. big for a bench player. It is. It's it's interesting too. You watch those four fronties, and you include Joffa. Each one of them has a very different style of approaching the line. If you yeah. watch them, you've got Clemmer, who basically uses his leg drive to get through, to keep pushing, to find his front. Then you've got Steph who just bends the line, runs hard, wants to do it, wants to try to get through. But he's he's a, barge, he's a barge player, Steph. Yeah. But then you've yeah. got Twolly. Now Twolly, for me is very unassuming. Doesn't look like he's putting in too much effort when he really runs at the line. But then you look at his meters. It's like he's actually making those meters essentially with ease. If you really watch the way he's doing it, there's not, doesn't seem to be a lot of grunt to it. There doesn't seem to be a lot of aggression to it. It's, I know where I need to do. I know what I need to do, and I need to run and I need to make meters, and that's what I'm doing. And then you look at the stats after it, you're like, oh, I didn't actually realize how much he really contributed. Well, he's actually quite quick for a prop. Yeah. And what I that think break, that break he made against Manly a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. good. Um, I think uh, what contributes to that is he, seems very methodical. So if he's told to run between defenders A and B or defenders B and C, that's where he runs and he gets there quickly. And I think he ca- he catches people off guard so they don't the defenders don't get quite a set and he splits defenders. Whereas Steph will run um straight on at someone and get the bump and Clemmer will run and get the bump and as you said try to get leg drive for post contact. Twelve will split defenders. And he, he's not the slippery type of second row like a second row would where they they look to split and break. But he'll he'll split them. And and um and find his front really easily, and I know that that that's a bit of a cliche that that term, but he actually does that quite well, and I I think the speed helps to that. With Abby getting him over the advantage line, he's maybe a half yard pace quicker than what most props are, so the defenders aren't quite ready for him to be on them so quick. He's not the most bullicking player; he's quite the physical specimen, I might add, but he's not the most bullicking player, so he's not likely to bust them apart. Uh, but he's on them pretty quick. is my is my opinion, and I think in some ways um in terms of speed of prop he 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 approaches contact different to Ruben Cotter but you know Ruben Cotter's got quite quick feet yeah, and he's at the line before before they're kind of ready for it um i think i think Cotter uh hits front on and i think he hits for impact but i think 12 has that similar unassuming speed so he's on them quicker but 12 splits the man and i think that's that's what the way that he he plays um, Joffre again is different. Like it's a good point, you make They all they are in many ways um, different style of players. And then there's Pollard, who you know prop prop who's playing lock most likely, pretty agile, uh, and he's all fleet of foot. So he's every week that goes by, he's, he's threatening to make that half break. You know, he's he's made a lot of. A lot of people miss now at the line where that that last minute footwork is brilliant of his. So it's interesting. We've got a lot of variety in that in that front row rotation or that middle rotation, uh, despite the fact that it's going relatively well. And um, yeah, interesting point.
1: No, no, and yeah, it's just um, I was thinking too. Like you think about the way that Twally runs and you, like you said, splits the man. Imagine if he added an offload to his game. Yeah, well,
0: he, he's done the odd one, so I know I was a bit. Uh, a bit slow there with the with the video, but he has done the odd one, and um hopefully that can continue. Because if we can get Jareem sniffing around him, and he can he can split those men and get that last late one, yeah, a lot of a lot of breaks to be had up the middle there.
1: Bloody oath, bloody oath.
0: Very good, mate. Well, we play South Sydney Saturday, I think three o'clock. Is that right
1: this week? Yes, yes. Not uh, what was it? Not not five thirty like you thought with the Panthers game. <laughs> no, nah, not five thirty. I nah, made that mistake once. Um so
0: if you do watch it at 5 uh, 30, you're definitely gonna miss the game this week. So yes, don't recommend you doing that. Uh obviously, let's not be willfully ignorant. We are coming up against the Hottest team, as we mentioned before. It's gonna be a very tough game to put it very lightly. Um yeah, Saturday, three o'clock, A Stadium. Um so I guess every team has a chance of winning a game. We saw that against Penrith, it can happen. I'm not expecting it expecting it to happen. I'm not sure about you. You're probably in the same camp. I would, um, I would argue. What would you like to see in this game, though? So let's say that the Rabbitohs continue on their good run of form. Unfortunately, our side just likely likely won't be able to match it with them when it comes down to the nitty gritty. They're just full of class and they're they're running hot. What would you like to see at the end of the game? We don't like to see a loss, but what would you like to see?
1: Excuse me, sorry. You caught me a bit yawed. Sorry, mate. Shouldn't, um, have switched. Right. Shouldn't have switched so early. Um like you said, let's let's not let's not fantasize about it. It's highly unlikely we're gonna come away with a win, given the form that South Sydney are in. Um like Latrell's by far probably for me favorite for a Daliam. He's in that good form. He's just flipped a gear, and that's scary to say that Latrell's flipped a gear. He was good, good for the before. Blues. Yeah. Oh, good for the Blues. Great for the Blues. How good's that? He's a touch, uh, touch wood, touch wood. He stays. Yeah. He, well, let's let let's hope he maybe cops a little bit of a cork really early on that just needs him to sit out this game. That's it. That's all he needs it's, to do. Just, just a light cork, and they don't want to risk him
0: against the wooden spooners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you hey Luttrell, if you listen to this and you feel the need to have a rest this week, no one will hold it against you. Um, Go back to win Mara, brother. Yeah. Go,
0: and, go, and, go and tend, to the, tend to, the, to the cattle, tend to the head. Yeah, yeah. And, just, uh, just have a, have a break, and, mate. You've earned it. Up, you've earned it. Up, go have a break. after brother. Go do a bit of slashing, you know. Go and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to be there.
1: You don't need to be there. Yeah. You guys throw, the
0: ca- throw the cattleman on, mate, and go for a ride on the quaddy You know you deserve it. Yeah.
1: yeah, do it. Do it. I'm sure he listens to this. 100% does. Take,
0: take Cody with you. Maybe his family. They might enjoy a little holiday up at Winamara there.
1: While oh, you're at it, you know, Chuck um, Cook. the weekend there. off. Yeah, see, see if Cookie wants to go with you too.
0: I've heard Cam Murray's a big farm man; like he might. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, might I've heard little...
1: this. I've heard this. Look, you know hey, what? I've got a really good idea. The whole, like, I feel like the spine of the of South Sydney. You, you guys, you, you've you've done enough. Maybe you go for a bit of a barley trip, like the Knights did. Yeah, I heard <laughs> like, Bradman Best has
0: got some good Air, Airbnb um, links. Yeah. So Yeah, hit him up on the socials.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, tough, tough ass we've got a tough ass they got quality players across the park so back to what we're seeing what are you hoping to see out of us
1: uh, I'm hoping I'm just hoping to see more of that desperation to be honest I think that if I can see us putting in the effort for the full 80 um, you know regardless of the scoreline you know when we played the Broncos a few weeks ago the game got away from us in the first half and our heads were down again you know, I would just like to see, again, like you said, those incremental improvements continue. If we're 5% better than last week, um, I will say that if we played anyone other than the Dragons last week, I don't think we would have won. But um, if we're 5% better than last week and then 5% better from the week before, I'll be happy, to be honest. I won't be too frustrated if the loss happens because it is expected. Um, but yeah, just I don't know. I say, I say it a lot with the games that we don't expect to win. I just want to see us to be competitive. But from what we've seen in the last two weeks, I know we have it in us to at least be competitive. And yeah. I'd like to just see that consistency. That's it.
0: I believe this side can match it with anybody on their day in terms of the physicality that 17 men against 17 men and the starting 13 in terms of the, the middle, the middle pack, I should say, so that the starting five in there, they can match it with anybody on their day. They've just got to turn up. So I, I'll second what you said. I just want to see them. I want to see them for the first 20 minutes, at least I want to see them match them. If not go at them, go hard, you know, take them on. Why not? You know, don't, don't just sit back and try to play a really simple game plan and just wait for them to come get you. Cause they'll get you. They'll come get you and they'll eat you up and spit you out and, Chew you up and eat you twice. It's just what this side does. It's what class sides do to to teams that uh, play ultra conservative. Let's say, mm. go after them. I want to see. I want to see them go after the game. I don't want to see fancy nonsense. I don't want to see side to side rubbish. I want to see them keep playing the game they're playing. I want. The, I want to see a side that believes in their strengths. I want to see the side that backs themselves uh, in their own special way, and I want to see a side that goes after it. I want to see. Steph step up, I wanna see Clemmer lead from the front. Um, I want to see hopefully Bateman back in with a bit of mongrel. I wanna see Appy doing everything he can. I want to see people racing up off the line. I want to see Brooksy putting putting a big hit, blind side hit on George Burgess. I wanna see, you know, um, you know, whatever the case may be. Wake him coming in and trying to smack trail and getting bounced off like Chris Sando. But I want to see him. <laughs> I, want, I just want to see this side show. They're up for it. And yeah. if I see that, it's an attitude thing. And I guess that's what we sort of titrate it down to. I want to see the right attitude. And the way that the side's going, i got every uh, every faith that that will happen because I'm really pleased with what they're doing. I think that they're building. They're building slowly. Um, but I think there's, there's a really good core of a good side there. And I think the attitude is the thing that's slowly shifting. And uh, with time comes improvement, um, and yeah, if if they're getting those basics right, then then that'll make us relatively pleased.
1: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you on that one.
0: So yeah, very good, mate. Well, uh, how do you see the game playing out? Might not might not be the nicest question to answer, considering all all the uh, praise that we've lobbed at Souths. Um, Made of mine it works at Mad uh, Souths fan. If he if he listened, he's listened to the odd pod in the past. Being a South fan, not a Tigers fan. And if he listens to this one, G he's going to come in all cock hoot tomorrow morning with a big smile on his face. But we'll, uh, not after the game, just after listening to the pod and how glowing we've been about South. But, mate, what do you see
1: happening in the game? Um, look, I, I definitely see South getting on top of us. But I don't see it being a whitewash. I see it maybe being like a 26 to 12 scoreline. So, you know, they win by two two tries in a bit. I think that's the way I see it playing out. So and if that's I the think case that would, and it's a competitive game, I'm content with that score line.
0: Yeah, I think that would be a good result, to be honest, the way we're going at the moment, particularly how Seattle are playing. Um and that that sounds very pessimistic, but it's not it's realistic. Yeah. You know, this is a side that flogged the Broncos and and essentially locked out Melbourne in that entire first half. Yeah. Um so, you know, this is a side going places and we are still the reigning wooden spooners and we're 17th out of seventeen. So, you know, in some ways, what do we expect? But we've been competitive in all but one game this year against some decent opposition. So I would like to see that trend continue. I like that. Um, I I think it might be a little bit more. I think they might get a few on us. I think that their strengths play to some of our weaknesses. We mentioned Talau and our edge has been a bit shaky still unfortunately, so i think they might capitalize on that um i yeah i'm i'm seeing i'm seeing 36 12 um as long as we can keep it if we can keep it from getting cricket scory um obviously then that's a good thing anything better than that 100% I, I i'm wishing every hope that we do and that it's tight and all that sort of stuff even better if we can somehow uh, get a win over over them considering their form but um yeah, I see something like that. If we can keep it under under 40, get a few points ourselves and some positive signs in there, I think their their class is good enough to be able to capitalise on a few half chances. So that might lead to a couple of tries as well, which might blow the scoreline out a little bit. But I like what you're saying. Stay with them. Um, stay with them for, for you know, at least the early part of the game or most, most part of the game. Make it competitive. Make a go of it. Let them know they've been in a fight. Yeah. Um. And,
1: and I'll be happy. Yeah, 100%. Ball prediction, mate. Uh, no point in saying the other one because that's just there as a in general. Um, well for a try for first time listeners. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think he's got one yet, if I remember correctly. So, my ball prediction is Bull is going to get his uh get his first try. That's my ball prediction. Yeah. yeah, not too no, bad. You-
0: um. uh interesting. You sort of stole my thunder a little bit. I was gonna, I was gonna link up to Buller a little bit as well, but uh I'm go gonna go say it. go for it as well.
1: Go for it as well. That's all
0: right. I'm gonna say Brooks three from three. He's going to outshine Ilias. That's not going to be enough to win, but I'm going to say in the battle of the halfbacks, um, he's currently he's currently already schooled Nathan Cleary um, on the weekend. He schooled Ben Hunt. And so why not? Let's say they're in school young Ilias as well. And he can have uh he can be all three of their daddies. Daddies <laughs> are triplets. Yeah. And how, how's it gonna be? He's just gonna play, just gonna play his game. What he's been showing a little bit more recently, kicking game bent, gonna be on point, decision making getting a little bit better. I tell you what, the amount of nearly breaks that bloke has made this year is insane. I've never been seen somebody get held on to by like a finger or a collar or a tag or something more ever in, you know, in a couple of months of football. Mm. It's dead set being about 10 times that he's been nearly through. And it's just, I got your short, your pant leg or your sock or your collar edge or a fingertip or something. And so he's due for a clean break or two soon, Brooksy. That's for sure. Definitely. All right, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. Um, We've got a game to watch on Saturday at 3 p.m. Public service announcement, we do it every single week. Facebook page, Tiger Town Podcast, and the YouTube channel, Tiger Town Podcast. We like consistency around here. We always like to put out our shout-out to the two podcasts that do it better than us, which is the West Tigers Podcast and West Life Podcast. Head on over to those blokes, tell them who sent you, and one of these days, we'll get the shout-out back. Maybe not, we'll have to wait and see. But they do good work, they do it better than us, so tune into those guys as well. Can't get enough Tiger content week to week. mate. it's been an absolute pleasure. As always, we're reasonably chipper. we're coming off two wins. How good's that? You haven't yeah, got no. the uh back to you haven't got the back to back win tattoo yet that's been no, going no, around yeah, on social media.
1: I, I did get brought up a very interesting fact. Oh, the yeah. last time Appy Corosel won back to back games, his team won the premiership. What does that tell you?
0: It tells you we need to book grand final tickets. Are they on sale right. at the moment? That's right. right. We're in. Done. All right, mate. As always, yeah, the Tigers. Go the Tigers.